So the Amazon man came and he just sent me this, a book that I got. And little did I know, Tools of Titans, if you heard of it, by uh, Timmy Ferris, little did I know that it was a Bible, a freaking Bible. This thing's 700 and something pages. So it looks like I got the two-in-one package with a a nice little uh, 10-pound dumbbell along with my reading each night. Not a bad way to spend the quarantine. I hope you all are doing well out there. I hope you all are having some fun. Did you know there's a $50,000 to first golf contest in the DraftKings lobby? And if you did tune into this video, you probably did know that. But if you didn't, yes, uh, there is. The Outlaw Tour is going to be having a $50,000 to first. They shot the DM towards DraftKings on Twitter. They got something worked out to help with, I believe, something with the contests. I don't know if it's a sponsorship. I don't know exactly what's happening, but there's also going to be cuts. Uh, 43 and ties is going to be the cut rules after round two. I'm excited to see what the Outlaw Tour can run out there in terms of coverage. They attempted the Periscope last week, had some issues with that, but they did get some rounds out there. So props to them for at least trying that. Uh, uh, wink, wink, PGA, wink, wink, some other tours. We do have a full-size field right now, the biggest one that we've had since I've been tracking this Outlaw Tour. Uh, you know, not, not too directly, but at least uh, congregating some stats over the last couple of weeks and really last month or so. And you have have a field of 87 golfers and yes about half of them plus the ties will be making it through the cut and that is right there is $50,000 to first absolutely ridiculous so the goal of this episode today this podcast and really the YouTube video if you could see the stats over my shoulder if you're listening on the podcast I urge you to check out the YouTube channel today Sal Vetri over there is one smash the subscribe button that's the goal adding subscribers right but the other one is also to just inform you of the key statistics that you're going to be needing I've been pulling the stats off of the outlaw tour site uh, and congregating them into spreadsheets I believe that I'll probably attempt to have projections up by tomorrow. I've been doing back testing the last couple of rounds on the projections. Might have those up tomorrow. They'll be on Patreon. If you want this sheet though, uh, you can just screenshot the stuff that you're going to see right here. Most of the golfers that are up top, there'll be stats for. The ones where there aren't, those little gray boxes over my head, is because those golfers have not yet played on the Outlaw Tour or just in general. That's what we're going to be going through today. So welcome if you're brand new here. My name is Sal Vetri. I cover fantasy sports in a variety of different areas and there's a 50k prize pool to first in golf and PGA where I went to school for the first two years and turf grass science major to be a pro PGA person, you know, working on the greens a little bit, got a little bit too tired of that, but let's get into this video. Hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. That helps me out a ton. And let me know in the comments down below, what is the one sport that you're looking forward to returning the most once the quarantines start to get lifted? Let me know that down below. Mine is probably going to be the NBA if indeed they do come back. So let's just sort this thing out. We have it sorted by right now, the salaries, which are very, very heavily skewed by the Vegas odds. So if you were to kind of just sort these through and and sort this by Vegas, Vegas odds, you're going to see a very uh, obvious kind of thing happen here in which you see the number ones there being the most expensive players. Now, if you do sort it by Vegas odds, if you're using the sheet, and I'll try and put this up for free on Patreon, if you are using the sheet, you're going to start to see uh, some numbers be a little bit more skewed than others. Depending on where you're seeing it, you can see the projections uh, for Vegas odds compared to the actual salaries being a little bit different. And that's where you can find value. But it seems that DraftKings is like very much so just skewing this based on Vegas odds for the most part. So you're probably not going to find too much value in terms of finding a a salary or a different player in the DraftKings pricing compared to the Vegas odds, unless the Vegas odds change before Tuesday's start time, which I don't really know how much they're going to change because I don't know how heavy the betting action is on this. So I would assume most do not change. Pull that up there. With that said, we can just go through some of the stuff here. Top 10 percentage is going to be a little bit skewed based on the fact that if one person plays one contest and they have a, a one top 10 in there, well, then there you go. They're going to be right now in the, the top 100%. They're going to have a hundred percentile. So what we can do is we can filter this by right now, just rank 
ranks, and this is money ranks in terms of their winnings, which winnings are heavily skewed based on your top tens, based on your wins, but also based on your overall finishes on the Outlaw Tour. I'm pretty sure that whoever wins first place or splits first place in this 50k to first contest is going to make way more money, like probably a couple multiples more than the winner of this actual tournament, which is crazy. So you can see that number one right now, $8,200, nice price discount, 73% top 10 is Riley Wielden. So if you ask me, do I have any clue who any of these people are? No, I will tell you that I, I probably do not. Um, and I'm sure many people don't have any clue at all. You're just using data and, and hoping that you can piece this together more so than other people not using the data. So total birdies is 134. Right now, that's going to rank actually second overall. Now with the winnings, this could be a little bit skewed as well, because if you're playing like Sun JM on the PGA Tour and you're playing every single contest, well, then you can start to rack up the winnings just by playing a lot. But that also shows you that there's some sort of experience there compared to some of these other players. So if we were to look at Riley Wheel then and just try and go based off of your your rank right now the total birdies is going to look nice but yet again total birdies if you're just playing more contests will also look good if we start to look at some of the percentages you're going to see a below average player when it comes to the par three scoring a right around average player when it comes to the par four scoring up here and then when it comes to the par five scoring slightly above average so a player that although has the most money right now one maybe doesn't look like that great of an option the price point's decent at 8200 but nothing really stands out outside of just the pure overwhelming amount of play riley wilden has had so far on the tour it's another player to maybe stay away from 40 to 1 odds to win this thing says that okay it's an okay play right here but a lot of people might jump to that based on just the overall rank in general so let's look at the scoring averages just in general to get a sense for what we will be working with here and i'll filter this by the lowest because that's obviously the one you want to chase the best so the two best scoring averages how much they're scoring per uh, round that they're playing right now is nick mason and brady calkins and they're pretty decently priced and have decent vegas odds 16 to 1 for nick mason 20 to 1 for brady calkins and you could also see that their final rounds are pretty good as well uh, i believe that right now Brady Calkins has the best final round average, which just shows that you can actually if you're in the lead or if you're at least in the running, you can actually piece together the mental side of it to produce a nice final round. So that's good to look at just Brady Calkins wise, uh, going to par five average 75% of the time par five average scoring a birdie or better. That's nice to see that 75% of the time number that is actually top three. That is the second best number only behind Calum Hill, who is the most expensive golfer and the odds on favor to win this contest. So good to see those numbers on there. If we scroll through to this column right here, this is the par five scoring par three, par four, just scoring in general on these um, so what you're getting there, these are birdie averages. These are just general scoring, how many strokes it's actually taking on average to complete the hole. Brady Calkins on par fours is 3.67. 3.67 is the second best behind Nick Mason. This range of these two golfers right here are Nick Mason and Brady Calkins, 9,200 and 9,000. Statistically speaking, based on averages and the sample size that we have on them, it's looking like the best bang for your buck value. I'll be interested in seeing what the projections kind of pop out tomorrow, but just based on the high level stats, that's what's right now looking the best. And now this is a player who stands out a ton. I'm assuming that this is just a, a one sample size or so for Hote Kim. So Hote Kim is only $6,300. So if you're looking for your diamond in the rough 6K player, no top tens, but I assume that's because there's only been one contest so far in here or two. And then I would probably assume it's maybe two, potentially one, just 11 total birdies right now, uh, five and a half birdie average. So there you go. It's been two contests so far for Hote Kim. You're getting a 33.3% par four scoring. That's tied for the best with Nick Mason all the way up top. That's pretty interesting to look at. 3.72 is the par four scoring on general, 33% of the time securing a birdie on those and then you can see so far in the small start small sample that we have the struggle has really been on the par threes just 10 percent of the time securing a birdie there by far the best par three score on this slate right now is nick mason 29.2 percent of the time nick mason is securing a birdie or better on the par threes that is almost five percent higher than anybody else on this slate so 9200 nick mason the more that we talk about it try and dig into these stats which right now is an overview for not only myself but hopefully all of you i think that that stands out a good amount hopefully we don't get as much chalk on that one. So something that I always like to use
usually look at, and we don't have the distances for the outlaw tour. Like there's not a ton of data on it, but at least we have this much data. I usually like to look at the overall opportunities for birdie averages, because at the end of the day, if you can get an idea for a sense of birdie averages and how players are playing, you can get in a sense for just in general, what their game is uh, coming down to and uh, kind of boiling it down to one number. So birdie averages, obviously that's something that you want to at least make the cut. And at that point, you're going to stand a better chance compared to a lot of other people. So we already talked about Brady Calkins looking decent. Hote came as a 5.5 birdie average right now, only $6,300, but ninth in birdie average actually tied right now for Hote came is actually tied for fifth in birdie average at just 6,300. Again, a very small sample, 500 to one odds to win this thing. So maybe somebody to stay away from, but if you're just trying to find a diamond in the rough to make the cut, it might not be a terrible idea. Nick Mason, yet again, leading in birdie average 6.33. Nick Mason is leading in pretty much every category, looking like a pretty great option to go towards. Colton Yates is up here at just 8,600, 5.8 birdie average. When you start to look at some other numbers, you see the par four average is 29%. That's up there. That's really nice to see. Par five average is 4.2. So on average, getting close to a birdie on the par fives, 65% birdie rate on the par fives. That's also nice to see. The downsides for Colton Yates is just a sample size, only 29 total birdies, and has had some struggles on the par threes, which normally for the most part, that shouldn't stay that consistent. So Colton Yates at 8,600 looks okay. As we start to scroll down through this a little bit more, um, Here's a name that stands out, $7,000, 201 odds to win this thing. John Tracemere here, you can see that right now is $7,000 to win this thing. A final round average of 65.25. I believe that is second best only behind Brady Calkins right now on the entire slate. But when you start to look through some of the numbers, a lot of things look good. The par five average is above average in the top 10 percentile right now at 68.6%. You start to look a little bit more and you start to see that 28% par four average and is above average in all of those categories. Things start to add up. So I'm going to be weighting uh, birdie average more so than total birdies, total birdies if you just just play more rounds on the on the tour, you're going to look better, although you might not be playing that much better. So birdie average is what I will be waiting. Uh, the score average in the final round average as well. Vegas odds to an extent as always. And some of these par uh, three, par five, and par four scorings. And now eagles you can look at. It's just something fun to look at, but a lot of these are going to be like three eagles that you're working with. So uh, Danielle Miraniki, uh, 0.8 eagles. So that, this literally might only be like two eagles in three contests, something like that. And I know that doesn't add up. So it'd have to be four eagles in five in five total rounds, right? So it might be a very small sample size here, which when you're in, dealing with small sample size and eagles in general, it's a skill to an extent. Um, but when you're dealing with these smaller sample sizes, it can be a lot of luck, especially when we're not talking about premier golfers here right now, like Justin Thomas, who's up there in Colin Morikawa on the PGA Tour in Eagles averages. Uh, we're not comparing it to these players. So I think the players that probably stand out the most right now for me personally, um, we talked about Brady Calkins. Uh, we talked about Nick Mason, those two players. And Nick Mason has a really nice price point, in my opinion, at 9,200 based on everything that we're seeing in the statistical analysis, because Nick Mason is only the eighth most expensive golfer and Brady Calkins is the 10th most expensive expensive golfer. So when people are looking down the list, when you factor in Vegas odds, when you factor in the price and all the statistics, you might not actually get to those players because they're just not highly priced. And a lot of people will build their lineups based on the most expensive players. So even if you're leaving money on the table by going to a Nick Mason, by going to a Brady Calkins, I think it's okay. I think $8,600 Colton Yates stood out to us a little bit while we were going through this. I think that Riley Wielden stood out maybe in a negative way. You're seeing a lot of nice overall numbers for Riley Wielden, but when you look at the averages and the efficiency of Riley Wielden, it's not looking that great. So with that tells us is Riley Wheeland probably has just played a ton on this tour, having the second most total birdies right now, but 
only a birdie average of 4.47 is actually average to below average. So maybe somebody to stay away from that might actually generate higher ownership, but not actually be that great of a play. When we start to look down a little bit more, and this is what I want to do here is try and get a gauge on this 7k range. We didn't really talk about it too much, but the 7k range, you're going to find a lot of options in that 9 and 8k range. The 7k range, we can talk about Daniel Miraniki. Daniel Miraniki has a 66 final scoring average. And the other thing that does stand out about Daniel Miraniki is a 4.2 birdie average on par fives. And then when you get a four birdie average on par four. So you're getting right around average, just parring those par fours, but you're getting a lot of birdies on the par fives. So something that does stand out, but when you look at the average stats, it's just going to be very much like a lot of these other 7k range players and not a lot of good on there. So 7k range almost seems pretty dead. Um, you can go down to some of these other players. If you're trying to just look for one thing that stands out, whether it's par three and par five averages, that's where Tyler Wierski would come into play, but not a lot stands out in the 7k range. You're kind of throwing darts at that point. I think the 9k options look really strong. And we kind of looked at the 6k range. Now you start to see this is statistics start to run away a little bit. We did touch on John, um, John Tracemeyer in the 7k range at 7k flat. You're seeing the second lowest scoring average on the closing day and a 67.1 scoring average overall, not just the final round. Those are good numbers to look at. You're getting a 5.7, I believe birdie average which is very strong for this type of a, a slate. I think that's like top five on the slate at just $7,000 with a decent size sample in here. So at $7,000 flat, 201 to, uh, 200 to one odds to win this thing, no sure thing at all to even make the cut, but at least just statistically, this is all we have to work off of. And unless you're somebody religiously watching the outlaw tour. And if you are, maybe, maybe there's a little bit more than the more than usual, those people watching this because of the fact that there's actually videos now on the outlaw tour DFS. Well, props to you. And you can leave us some stuff in the comments to help not only me out, but uh, the following as well. So yeah, the 6k range, I'm not going to go down here and try and dig too much. We talked about Hote Kim. Hote Kim's numbers just stand out for likely small sample of playing two rounds so far. So I don't want to get too immaculated by a 500 to one odds favorite to win this thing or favorite uh, 500 to one long shot to win this thing. I think really outside of John Trace Meyer, the 7k range doesn't stand out all that much. We talked about Tyler Wojcicki. Nothing else really stands out. You start to get to the eight and the 9k range, really. Obviously, if you want to go up to Caleb Hill, we talked about some beneficial stats there. The best par five scorer percentage wise on the entire slate. Very good on the birdies uh, for birdie percentage on these par threes, 2.92 average and solid all around when it comes to scoring average and final rounds. So I think they're okay. I think Jeremy, I think that Nick Mason stands out. Brady Collins. Falcons, probably the most. And then you start to get to the Colton Yates uh, a little bit all the way up top if you wanted to. And then John Trace Meyer at 7K flat. So those are just some players through statistical analysis. We don't have all the stats on half of these guys. Well, not half, maybe like uh, 15% of these guys just because they haven't played yet or there's just no real stats on them. JJ Spawn, you can see maybe some familiar names on here. But hopefully this video, hopefully it helps you. If it does indeed help you, hit the subscribe button. If you just like looking at the stats, feel free to screenshot them. I'll try and get them up. They're on Patreon right now, but those are only for patrons. I'm going to get the projections up tomorrow. So if you're interested, all that stuff can be found below. Reach out to me on Twitter if you have any questions at SalVetri.com. DFS. And yes, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification. I'm going to try and throw a big subscribe button up right now and remind you all to hit it. So thank you so much. My name's Sal. I hope you enjoy the 50K, the first prize pool, real golf, no simulations right now, no E, whatever. I like this. See you in the next one. Peace out.